my God, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad within it. I'm Pastor Murphy. We here, the members and friends of the Great Little Zion Baptist Church, welcome you to our worship experience and pray that as you view this moment, your soul will be encouraged, your faith will be built, and you will leave this moment encouraged and empowered and ready to run on to see what God has in store for you. Be blessed as the music uplifts you and the word empowers you in Jesus' name. Welcome to our worship experience. Amen. This is a day that the Lord has made. We come to praise the Lord. 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 Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. We come to praise the Lord. We come to praise the Lord.
Good morning, family, friends, and guests. Here are our weekly announcements. We would like to invite you to our food distribution for the month of June on Saturday, June the 19th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. The pickup location will be at Greater Little Zion Baptist Church and the food is distributed first come, first served while supplies last. The missionary ministry will be having a school supply drive. The goal is to give out 100 backpacks to our Zion members and also to our community on Saturday, August the 21st from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. We are asking everyone to donate and drop off on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and also the food distribution Saturdays. On Wednesday, we will be having our weekly prayer meeting at 6 p.m. and our virtual adult Bible study at 7.30 p.m. On the weekends, we have our Sunday school sessions for our young adults Saturdays at 10 a.m. and our adult Sunday school on Sundays at 8.30 a.m. We thank you so much for joining us this morning and pray that the service blesses you just as much as it has blessed us. Have a blessed Sunday.
morning great little Zion this is the day that the Lord has made let us rejoice and be glad within it here we are at the beginning of a new month June 1st Sunday we are rejoicing that we've come through five months of the new year and now we are at the halfway point let me say before I begin the sermon to express my gratitude thankfulness to the Reverend Everett George for being so kind in preaching for me in the last two Sundays. I appreciate his willingness to stand in the gap and I am encouraged and I believe that you were as well in the two messages that he provided for us. One, I believe it was expecting a miracle and then secondly, I think he talked about how champions don't quit but they continue to endure and so I'm grateful for the word he shared and I'm grateful for his availability to be willing to serve in that capacity as well. Join me this morning if you will in the book of Genesis chapter 41 
and we are going to read verses 1 through 8. Genesis chapter 41, verses 1 through 8. We are continuing our journey in our series on Joseph, the character of Joseph. And we are at the halfway point where we're getting to some of the more dynamic slash victorious episodes in Joseph's life, particularly the more defining moments in reference to what happens to him in his early moments. Genesis chapter 41, and we're going to read verses 1 through 8, although in the preaching moment I'm going to address verses 1 through 13 before you're hearing. Let's read verses 1 through 8. Now it happened at the end of the two full years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he was standing by the Nile. And lo, from the Nile there came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed in the marsh grass. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them from the Nile, ugly and gaunt, and they stood by the other cows on the bank of the Nile. And the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven sleek and fat cows. Then Pharaoh awoke, and he fell asleep and dreamed a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain came up on a single stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven ears, thinned and scorched by the east wind, sprouted up after them. And the thin ears swallowed up the seven plump and full ears. Then Pharaoh awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Now it came about in the morning that his spirit was troubled. So he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dream. Here it is, but there was no one who could interpret them to Pharaoh. That's the crust of our attention this morning. There was no one who could interpret the dreams for Pharaoh. Today I've entitled the message, A Setback, A Set Up for a Comeback a setback, a setup for a comeback, part one. If you have been reading Genesis 37, 39 through 40, and you have been keeping copious notes, I hope, you can certainly consider the theme that I provided over this text this morning, that it is highly suggestive that it can overshadow, or should I say supervise over the narrative of Joseph. Joseph has witnessed several setbacks over his young life, sparring over some 10 to 15 years so far. He has major setbacks, major at least in the eyes of those of us who are reading the text. I call them setbacks because it appears every time he believes he's taking a step 
forward regarding his destiny and regarding his assignment, he experiences two steps backwards. Somebody understands what Joseph is experiencing there. The obstacles are not minor, but again, they are major, and they are major potential setbacks that Joseph encounters in his life. Let's revisit them. Remember at the very outset, he experiences persecution by his family because of his life vision that he shares with them. Remember also he is discarded and disrespected by his brothers and basically beaten and sold and put into a pit and then sold by traveling merchants on their way to Egypt. He is purchased by an Egyptian official just like an object. He's bought, sold, bought, picks him up, takes him to Egypt like he's a thing. He's falsely accused because of his own personal ethics, his refusal to compromise what his convictions are in his life. And then he's incarcerated as a scapegoat by Potiphar, who I honestly believe knew in his heart that Joseph had actually done no wrong. But you and I are intelligent enough to know many of a person's have seen similar setbacks in their life. Some of us this morning can very easily testify that we have had some of these crazy setbacks. We have seen what I call seasons of discouragement where we have encountered moments of unexpected episodes of discouragement, not thinking that such a thing would ever show up, but it did. And it hung out for a while, a season in our life. We've seen seasons of disappointment where, like Joseph, we've been falsely in prison, not necessarily in a physical prison, but an emotional prison and a mental prison. We've been so falsely accused and agitated by many that we've experienced what it means to experience a season of disappointment. We likewise can testify that we've had our seasons of distance, distance where everyone has forsaked us, forsake us in the sense that when we really needed their support, when we needed to hear a word of confidence, they were not there. They had vacated their presence from us and we end up being isolated and alone. We know what it means to live in a season of distance. But in the midst of that, we've also experienced what I call seasons of discovery. Had it not been for those moments that were arguably discouragement and arguably disappointments and arguably at distance, we would have never discovered that we have within us an amazing amount of power, an amazing amount of hope, an amazing amount of faith, an amazing amount of perseverance that would never have been known had there not been those seasons that were opposite of what we expected. We found out that we had strength beyond what we ever knew we had. And then we've experienced those seasons of deliverance where we not only got through the tough seasons, but we came out of the tough seasons. 
And in coming out, we were able to testify that had it not been for the Lord on our side. And then we reminisce on how God brought us through and then how now we are on the other side looking back, we start thinking about the goodness of God and all that he has done for us, our soul begins to cry out hallelujah and we begin to thank God for not only his salvation of eternal life, but thank you Lord for bringing me through the storm. Thank you for nurturing me through the pain. Thank you for healing me when I was broken. Why? Because we've had those seasons of deliverance. They were what I call seasons of setbacks. But here's a word of wisdom that I suggest that I believe you and I found out in the midst of those seasons. Here it is, word of wisdom. Your significance is not in your similarity to another, but in your point of difference from another. Did you catch that? Not because the fact that I've gone through what others have gone through, but I've also discovered my difference. See, others have went through the same seasons that you and I have endured, but they collapsed. Others have given up. Others have become envious. Others have become angry at life, but you and I, we managed to find that point of difference because we decided we refused to collapse, we refused to give up, we refused to be envious, we refused to be angry at life. Instead, we did just as Joseph did at every setback and at every challenge, Joseph kept recovering. Have you noticed that? God Almighty, they're shouting right there. He kept recovering. No matter what the setback was, Joseph kept recovering. And have you noticed since March of last year, 2020 was a tough year with the pandemic. And here we are in the sixth month now of that continuous year, probably more along the lines of a year and some months now. And yet, in the midst of this, we have experienced durations and we have kept recovering despite economic shifts, despite labor shifts, despite environmental shifts, despite employment shifts. All of those have produced a testimony regarding how we recovered we refuse to give up you refuse to give up no matter the pandemic as difficult of adjusting it was we refuse to lie down and die yes we've seen death occur as a result of that yes there may have even been those who were close to us who transitioned into eternity but we are here now to testify that we've been able to recover from every setback because that's what God do, that's what God will do when he's in the midst of the situation. If we understand the text, we are in several years past now in Joseph's journey. Joseph has recovered from the pit. He's recovered from some mean family members. 
He has recovered from Potiphar's wife's false statements. And now in reading chapter 40, he even recovered from being incarcerated. Now the question there to me is, have you? Are you willing to recover in the midst of all? Perhaps this is your first time even hearing what I'm saying and you might be in the midst of a season that is not pleasing to you, but I want you to know you can recover. You can be victorious. It's all about being in your mind and in your heart and in the speech to which you speak. The great thing is that at each setback in Joseph's journey, his gift, his anointing, and his favor remained intact. Did you get that? In every setback of Joseph's journey so far, his gift, his anointing, and his favor remained intact. You might ask how, and you might ask why. Well, it appears that the setback that Joseph experienced was actually a setup. It's a setup to engage the gift provided for continuous use during perilous times. See, you and I will yield to the temptation to stop praying, to stop pursuing, to stop seeking, to stop serving, to stop worshiping, to stop honoring, to stop reverencing when we get into a tight space. When our season have shifted from being joyous to now being perilous, we'll check out. We'll go to the sideline. We'll take a seat on the back pew and we'll disengage ourselves because the setback has not been understood that God is actually working it as a setup. What's happening to us is that God says, I need for your giftedness and I need for your anointing and I need for your favor to stay engaged even when you're in the midst of a setback and a setup situation. Why? Well, God's trying to remind us and remind us, you and I, that we were created, listen to me now, we were created to solve a problem. I'll say it again. We were created to solve a problem. See, have you noticed doctors solve physical problems? Mechanics solve automotive problems. Dentists solve teeth problems. And now Joseph, in his giftedness, in his anointing, and his favor, he likewise solved the problem that was nearest to him, which enabled him to keep moving into seasons of promotion. The setbacks were set up for promotion because in the midst of the setback, Joseph kept proving faithful and obedient 
to the vision, the gift that God had given him in reference to his life early back in Genesis 37, he kept being faithful in the midst of being in the pit, in the midst of being sold into Potiphar's house, in the midst of being lied on by Mrs. Potiphar, and now in the midst of being incarcerated. He keeps experiencing promotions because he keeps honoring by being in the setback, God keeps developing him to let him know it's a setup. Well, what problem is Joseph solving, Pastor? Look at the text closely. Remember the story. He solves, back in chapter 40, he solves the problem for a butler and a baker. Remember, they had dream problems with no interpretation. And Joseph becomes the interpreter because that is a part of his destiny. Remember, he interprets dreams. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 16 that really what's going on is Joseph's gift is making room for him is opening doors for him, is creating a path to victory for him, a path to destiny for him. And then the second part of that verse, Proverbs 18, 16, says it like this. A man's gift brings him before great men. <laughs> Come on here with me for a moment. Follow me to Genesis chapter 41. You're going to see how this plays out, that that's set up of being in prison was nothing more than God's plan that set back, rather nothing more than God's plan to set up Joseph that he might receive another promotion. Watch the text. Genesis 41, despite the pit, despite the lie, despite, remember, being forgotten by the chief butler for two years, his gift brings him from the setback to the setter. How do I know that? Look at verse 1 of Genesis 41. Two years has passed. Now it happened that two years has passed, says the text, and Pharaoh had a dream. Now remember, Joseph's giftedness is being interpreter of dreams, dreaming and being an interpreter of dreams. Pharaoh had a dream. And remember, he needed someone to interpret it. Remember what we read in verse 8 in that last line? He shares it with what he seems to think to be those who should be able to interpret his dream for you, but the text says no one could interpret his dream. Pharaoh had a problem. Remember I told you we were created to solve problems. Pharaoh had a problem. He needed solving it. And no one, says the text, could solve it. Well, what was Pharaoh's dream? Let me tell it to you in a nutshell. He had two dreams. The first dream was he dreamed of seven fat, I mean, Beautiful cows grazing in the marsh grass 
by the Nile. Then he saw that there were seven skinny, ugly cows that somehow devoured all of the fat cows. Then he woke up. Then he dreamed again. You can see this in verse 2 through 7. And the second time he dreamed, he saw seven full ears of corn, plumped, sweet, ready. And then he saw seven ears of corn that was scorched by the east wind that sprouted after them. And look what he says, the text says in verse 7, the thin ears swallowed up the plumped ears. Then Pharaoh woke up trying to figure out what's up with the dream. There's a point to notice in the text, and that is, how is it that the weak seems to demise or consume the strong? Pharaoh's got a problem. His problem is his magicians couldn't answer it. The wise men couldn't answer it. God set up the problem and interjected Joseph's strength to Pharaoh's weakness because in Pharaoh's dream, weakness kept getting the victory over the strength. Watch this. So God knows now that Pharaoh has a setback in his own life. The inability of persons to resolve his issue is the setback. Not the dream, but the inability of no one being able to interpret it is his setback. Now, why did I make that point? Because I don't want you to concentrate or focus so much on the setback. Listen to me, it happened. It happens. You're hurt, you're disappointed, you're bruised, you're angry because you were almost there at victory and then came the setback. But I want you to take inventory that at each setback, the setup slowly evolves, slowly evolves. See, in Genesis 41 verses nine through 13, it's funny that the setup took two years. That's what verse one says. But it took two years for the person in verse nine through 13 to unveil what the setup was. Listen to the text. The butler forgot. He forgot. The text says that he says in verse nine, I would make mention today of my own offenses. I, I, I want to scrap that. That's the New American Standard. Listen to how Eugene Peterson says that the butler interjects his both question and opinion to Pharaoh's condition. The butler says, uh, I, I just now remembered something, King. And if you don't mind, I don't want to cross my boundaries, but I'd like to share something with you. And I'm sorry because I, I should have told you this two years ago. But I'm just telling you now. But, but once, 
If you remember, King, you, you were angry with some servants. And uh, the Pharaoh, he locks me away, and the head baker in the house of the captain of gods. We both, me the butler and the baker, we both had dreams on the same night, each dream with its own meaning. And it so happened that there was a young Hebrew, a young Hebrew slave there with us. He belonged to the captain of the guard. And by belonging to the captain of the guard, we told him our dream. And King, you, you might not believe it, but he interpreted for us. And even in his interpretation, things turned out just as he interpreted for each of us. I was returned to my position and the head baker, of course, was met with demise and uplifted on the pole. I, I just thought I'd share that with you. Go back, here's what they're saying. Go back to verse nine through 11. He said, I, I just thought I'd share that with you, King. That's, this is what happened. And the king, I'm gonna assume, looked at him with a sense of strangeness. And right here, I'm not going to tell you about the comeback yet. I'm just going to tell you what happens in the midst of the setback. Right here, there are some lessons that I want us to learn about experiencing setbacks and then watch how God evolves in the setup. Two things and then I'm done. Number one, the lesson I want us to learn is remember, you are a reward to somebody. I'll say it again. You are a reward to somebody. See, remember, Israel needed a leader and God gave him Moses. Israel needed someone to defeat Goliath and God gave him David. Naomi needed a caretaker for her in her older years and God gave her Ruth. The Jews needed someone to stop the genocide attempt of Haman and the reward was a young girl named Esther. Now Pharaoh needed someone to interpret his dreams and Joseph is going to be his reward. And subsequently, he's going to be the reward also to Egypt as well. See, it's very important that you understand that you grasp your significance and value. That's the reason why you can't throw in the towel when you're in the midst of a setback because it's setting you up for something victorious. Your patience is a reward for somebody who others can't tolerate. Did you get that? Your patience is a reward for somebody who others can't tolerate. You were created to solve a problem. You are a reward to somebody. It may be mental, it may be emotional, it may be those spiritual qualities that God has developed in you, but someone desperately needs you today. 
it's equally important that you understand you are not for everybody. I got to say that again because I'm almost thinking, I'm sure in my thinking that someone thinks that you are not for everybody. You were not meant to be for everybody. Everybody don't need you. You are not the answer or the solution for everyone's problem. Don't take offense at that and don't take offense because God hasn't made you that way. God has someone planned for those whom you are not meant for. Instead, you are needed at a specific place for a specific time and a specific person because you are a reward to someone. That's why God lets us go through setbacks just as he did Joseph so we can get to a space where we can operate in our giftedness and our anointing and our calling setting us up to be used for his glory you are a reward to someone there's a second thing I want to tell you your assignment is not your decision it's your discovery I'll say it again for you. Your, your assignment is not your decision, it's your discovery. See, in the setback, that could be a pretty good place where God can show you exactly what your assignment is and thus setting you up to be able to discover it and be used and operate within it. See, Joseph's gift was developed as he kept going through each setback. But I told you, every time he was set back, God kept helping him recover. But in recovering, his giftedness gets stronger. He becomes more wiser. And then when he would probably wanted to throw in the towel, he couldn't. Because he recognized his assignment was not about his decision he discovered it as he kept moving along. Oh yes, it was introduced to him in the beginning of Genesis 37, but notice it grew, it multiplied. And that's maybe what God is doing in the midst of you and I in this set up context that we're in, helping us evolve in the gift. Our assignment is waiting for us to be discovered and God prepares events and situations for our assignment and for those who love him, who want to do his will. Can you see how God is doing it in the life of Joseph? See that discovery of the assignment? And you are discovering things about yourself that you never knew, but most importantly, that passion is evolving to which God has on your life. Remember the words of the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 2 and 9. Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of men three words, 
the things that God has prepared for those who love him. The things, God Almighty, and I don't know what they could be. I mean, they could be a multiplicity of things, but it's the greatness and the giftedness and the rewarding that God wants to use us in, the episodes that God, the only orchestrator, who could grow us in the midst of that kind of situation, like a Joseph moment. And how do I know that? He prepared it. God has prepared these set back and set up moments for us because eventually they will lead us to an experience of the comeback. And the comeback is simply how God re-emerges us and help us to recognize that our latter will be far more rewarding than our former. That's the things that God is working in the midst of us in a setback that we might evolve in the midst of a setup. That might be where you are right now. God is just trying to work something out in your life. Let him do it. Let him do it. And then you will come to recognize the glory of being used. And we're going to find out in the weeks to come how God is going to take Joseph's setup for the one purpose of being able to create a setback in his life by going through Pharaoh. Because those are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Father, I want to thank you for the victory that you've given me through Jesus Christ, our Lord. I want to thank you for this time in which we share in the spoken word. We want to give you praise, Lord, for how you have blessed us in a very mighty and powerful way. And we thank you for this Joseph narrative, this story that informs us of the purpose of setbacks and how they weave themselves into setups and how he will use us to help us experience the comeback. Somebody today, God, I pray, listening, might be in one of those setback modes and don't feel like they can proceed on. Oh, God, help them realize they can. Yes, they can. Reach deep in their hearts. Courage them, I pray, through the spoken word and the Holy Spirit that they've got more strength than they ever imagined and they will survive the moment. Someone today, Lord, also have experienced nothing but setbacks in their eyesight. And yet I think those moments set them up for this moment where they may be introduced to the person of Jesus Christ. May they come to know him today in a very real, personal, intimate way. We love you, Lord, and we praise you, and we rejoice that somebody's name today is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. We are rejoicing with you today because I believe by faith that someone
has made a decision to trust Christ today, or someone who is already a believer has decided that in the midst of their setback, they're going to watch and see how God works out their setup to lead them to their comeback. We are excited on the fact that if God is doing great things, hey, drop us a line. Use one of our social media platforms to let us know how God is working tremendously in your life. We would love to hear from you. It would be our privilege if you don't have a church home to have you become a part of the Great Little Zion Baptist Church. I would love to be your pastor and this church would love to be your church family. We're going to rejoice today that that moment has happened and something new is evolving in your life today. We are also rejoicing and excited because on next Sunday, which will be second Sunday in June, we're going to celebrate the graduation of our high school and college graduates, and we're going to rejoice that they are making progress in their own lives. And we invite you to join us via YouTube that you might celebrate with us and rejoice in the academic pursuits and accomplishments that these young people are taking. Listen, I love you with the love of Jesus and always remember God loves you and so do I. Keep looking up, hold on, as my grandmama would say, to God's unchanging hand. He'll always bring you victory when you least expect it. Stay true to the word. God loves you, so do I. Be blessed. Have a wonderful week in the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.